Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And yes, I still have a house guest, so I am downstairs. But that means we still talk to our experts every week, like Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. Uh, life is good. Uh, it's summer. We're trying to get out, have some fun. So, uh, But we still have to have our expert series, our three conversations every week. So thank you very much. Yeah, man. Awesome. So, hey, what I want to talk about here is something we rounded out episode one with, and that is mom and pop landlords. That is, you know, who owns the single family rental homes or residential rentals, because there is a talk track that is growing. And I see it in social media, you know, uh, you know, the, how, you know, the hedge funds, Blackstone, BlackRock, all these other people, they're going to dominate the single family housing market. Uh, they're going to freeze out every buyer. And pretty soon we're all going to, it's going to be a renter nation and all the big boys in New York is going to own all the houses in the U S and, uh, I guess I get the talk track. It 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 is uh, it pushes hot buttons because housing is is you know it's it's expensive, but I, the math doesn't support it. So I thought we should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is you know a lot of people are getting real emotional because they hear the stories of you know invitation homes, BlackRock, you know for rent communities, things like that. But mm -hmm. you know something to understand is. Um, the bulk, the bulk majority of the homes that are owned by investors in this country are owned by mom and pop investors. So mm -hmm. that's single family, duplexes, triplexes, things like that. Um, and even, I guess, even in the multifamily sector, it's the, you know, the, the institutional owners typically own the larger apartment complexes. Those are owned a lot of times more so by institutions than mom and pop investors, but it's still a lot of the smaller properties are definitely single family homes, way more retail investors own those than the funds. The housing market in this country is 36 trillion. Wow. Um, that's single family. So when you add multifamily, it's 86, 86 trillion, but single oh family God. is around 36 trillion. You know, you can look these stats up and I'm um, searching for this real quick. And I think, it, you know, right now, Invitation Homes owns about um, $21 billion, you know, something like that. I mean, they own basically 12,500 houses or something like that. And, you know, it's a very, very small percentage. Actually, I'm sorry, their portfolio is worth about 16 billion. You know, 36 trillion is the housing stock in this country. They own 16 billion. So it's less than 1%, you know, yeah. of, of the properties that they own. And then there's other investment, you know, firms that, that own housing and stuff. And the bulk of these investment uh, companies are buying higher end houses, more of the luxury type homes. Um, but by far, the majority of the homes in this country owned for investment are owned by retail investors, whether the vacation homes, mm -hmm. you know, year-round rentals or whatever. And even then, you're only talking about probably 20% of the housing in the country is owned by investors. The rest are owned by owner-occupants. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just single families, the stats today is, I think it's 68%, 68 and a half is, is owner-oc, mm -hmm. right? And that's why I follow... That's why I've been following consumers for 30 years, because they are my competition, right? They have lower down payments, they have lower interest rates, and they buy on emotion, not numbers, right? Because I have to hit a certain yield, they don't, right? Because they got to live somewhere, ownership, uh, house hack, they have a lot of advantages. And I, I just want people to realize, um, I, I guess a couple of things. First and foremost, what we saw coming out of the 08 crash is, uh, for the first time, Wall Street showed up. There was a belief for decades and hundreds of years, probably, that, Wall, that, that single family homes were too small, they couldn't create enough scale, and they couldn't create a business. What, what they proved, and proved quite well, is if they buy at a discount, 
and uh, they buy enough of them, they can absolutely do that and they can dominate some markets. So that's proven invitation homes. I think I read somewhere invitation homes is up to 80,000 homes across the country and, and they're the largest single owner. I, I believe I've read that when you take all of their various companies, but I, I could be wrong. It's a bad, it could be a bad memory. But anyways, even at 80,000 homes, that's nothing. If you add up all the Wall Street and whatnot, it's less than 1%. The thing, the thing we need to appreciate as mom and pop investors, which is where I include myself, is Wall Street has finally woken up to what we have known for decades. Single family rentals make good business. You can get a great cash on cash. They're tax incentive. You get 1031 exchanges. You get all of these things. And Wall Street's just woken up to a great return. And let's be clear, Wall Street's here because the Fed has driven rates lower and Wall Street is chasing yields. Um, when, when this thing all turns around, they will go somewhere else. Um, but I- So, you ahead. know, and I know there's a big, you know, there's a big anti, you know, Wall Street mm -hmm. mentality movement out there, but understand who Wall Street is. It's largely you and me. Yes. It's people that have retirement funds, yes. investment funds, pensions, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, endowments, it's mm -hmm. life insurance. So the big institutional money is typically what you would think of like a sovereign wealth fund. Okay. So right. that's a nation that's investing their money that comes from their taxpayers. So it's coming from, at the end of the day, institutional Wall Street is retail at the end of the day, because that's where all the money's coming from. It's coming from the individual. Um, other than, you know, uh, the central banks that are just printing money and sending <laughs> it to Wall Street. So yeah. that's coming from nowhere, but the printing press, you know, they're pump, pushing the button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, the quantitative easing that's happening and the, and the gains that we've seen in the markets on Wall Street are largely benefiting retirees and people that are invested in markets. Not everybody is. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, you know, what everybody thinks it is at the end of the day. Um, and something else just to kind of touch on what you just said. So you said, how many homes does BlackRock have? Some like 80,000 or something? I believe it was Invitation Homes was 80,000. I could be wrong, but that's- Right, which is, you know, a division of BlackRock or they oh, okay. spun it off or sold it off or something like that. Um, how many- homes do you think in the country are operated as, as rentals, single family homes? Uh, a quantity or a percentage? Quantity. A quantity? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with 3.3 million. Just a wild ass guess. Uh, so somewhere around 300,000. Oh my God, I was way off. Wow, three only 300,000? By a professional, I'm sorry. So there were 300,000 operated by professional investors that same year, more than 5.5 million um, were sold in the United States. There were 5 million homes sold in 2020, um, yeah, 6 million I, change hands. So somewhere around, this is 2019, 300,000 homes in 2019 were operated by professional investors. Um, yeah, so I, getting... I, yeah, I read that article. Let's do the math on that. What's 300,000 divided by 5.5? What is that? Let's pull out the old calculator. Cause I, I remember that article that you're reading. Mm -hmm. Let's see. And this is where it's saying BlackRock owns about 60 billion in real estate assets. Um, you know, the value of the housing market's like 36 trillion. Now, this article's got a lot of great stats, but here's the big one. Yep. There are 44 million um, single family rental homes in the United States. That's the number I wanted. 44, 44 I was, million. So I was off by a factor of more than 10. Yeah, that, that makes total sense, right? 44 Something million. Like yeah, 44 million homes makes total sense, operated as rentals. And again, the lion's share of that's mom and pop, mom and pop defined as less than 10. That's where I've seen the definition. And yeah. And there's over 213 million single family houses in the United States. Wow. 
So again, about it's 80, 20, of yeah, it's 20%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, right. Um, the other thing I want people to realize is getting on the property ladder is a goal, right? House hacking, whatever you can do to get on the property ladder. The fact that more and more investors are realizing that being a single family landlord is profitable, uh, it's going to raise value. So if you can get on the property ladder, if you can get to what I call four rentals, which is what I challenge people to get to, that's going to help you, right? The average uh, homeowner, which includes both owner, OC, and investors, I think it was $36,000 in appreciation the last 12 months, some, some, some crazy number. Right. So if you if let's say it was 30,000, right, if you own one, congrats, if you own three, you know, that's almost 100 grand. So um, you can either you can either look at the headlines and be mad or you can look at it as an opportunity. You know what? I'm going to do the work. Uh, I'm going to you're given you're, you're given a gift today. You can get interest rates under four percent as an investor. I mean, go and, and it's 30 year money, folks. You got to realize that a lot of the world doesn't have 30 year money. Right. I talk to people in Canada. Uh, and they're getting money at 1.47% today, but it's only locked for five years. How would you like to get a 1.47, but know that rates could be triple in five years? That would freak me out. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. But, you know, at the end of the day, eight out of 10 homes are still owned by single family homes, primary residents, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, sure, investment property numbers are going to grow and that balance will shift a little bit. But, Home ownership in this country is not going anywhere. Anytime not soon. going anywhere. It's, it's part, it's at least part of what was always a part of my American dream, right? Owning our own home was a part of my American dream. Not, not everyone's, but it was mine. Uh, it's just, um, it's a way for, to get wealthy. I think I did a, a part of my daily financial news last week. I believe the numbers will be close. The average homeowner's net worth is 230 grand. The average renters um, is six grand or seven grand or something like that. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just substantially different. So uh, I'm not afraid of big investors, are you? No, no, not at all. They, you know, that, that appetite, you know, can and will change. And yeah, it's, it's just a small portion of what they're willing to take on. They're more interested in bigger commercial mm -hmm. uh, assets versus, you know, small single family assets because it's just so difficult to scale. It's like Warren Buffett said, you know, he'd buy every house he could if he could figure out a way to yeah. do it efficiently. Yeah, I think that's the quote from 08 or 09 that just pushed mm -hmm. Blackstone to go, all right, we're going to give that a shot. Warren Buffett's too old. We're not. We're going to go give it a shot. I, I, yeah. I could just imagine those guys in a boardroom going, oh, Warren Buffett said he'd buy every home. Let's go do it. <laughs> and, you know, think about that. So, you know, BlackRock, if you think about that, I mean, what are, what is their assets now? Seven trillion, something oh, like that? Oh, it's the biggest, yeah, something like that. Six and a half, seven trillion, yeah. It's well, housing crazy. is 36 trillion. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they're not going to be able to buy every house in the country, even if they wanted to. Well, that, I mean, they they've only allocated 1% or 2% to the, it's Yeah, just, something like that. So they're spread out over a bunch of different things. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, the government doesn't want that to change either. The federal no. government, they want people to own their own homes. They want home ownership. The real question now is, are they actually hurting the housing market? Are they hurting people because of what they've done with Fed policy and the, you know, the values that the housing market's been, been driven to due to low interest rate policy? And what's going to be the outcome of that when rates raise? Because they're going to have to raise at some point, maybe. Oof. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. None of us know. Nobody, nobody can forecast the market. Economists how is, don't know. How long has Japan had low rates? Isn't it been like oh, gosh. 15, 18, 20 years, something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's been forever. And, you know, they haven't been able to, you know, that's what's so interesting is they haven't been able to create real inflation. They haven't been able to create real growth mm -hmm. and they've had interest rates negative, you know, forever. So that's kind of where we are in this country. You know, the conversation is and the smartest people on the planet 
don't know and can't tell you what are the real effects of what we're doing? How long can we sustain it? And we're already testing. Treasury is paying for the debt without, mm -hmm. you know, raising, you know, uh, the ceiling and doing all that. They're just, oh, yeah. you know, it, you know, they're like, hey, we've, we've reached our debt limit. We got a problem. They're just, you know, they're just going to write the checks now. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, right? Extra Janet Yellen came out today. Well, we're going to we're going to have extra what, extraordinary measures, I think she talked mm -hmm. about. So very yeah, interesting. It gives stuff. them the ability to go in and just pay the bills without, you know, creating the money. Yeah, it's going to be interesting time. So what we're going to do in episode number three is talk about all this cash piling up. Because again, that's another hot topic that people are talking about. Uh, the reverse repo market on Friday hit $1 trillion for the first time. I think it was $1.05 trillion. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, getting out at the top versus calling the bottom being one of the keys that you've always shared with us, Greg. But before we do that, how can people follow you? Yep. GregDickerson.com. All my info's on there. YouTube channel, podcast, lots of uh, information, content put out every single day. So go check it out. GregDickerson.com. Very cool. Thanks, Greg.